shall we begin? And here we go. Let the games begin. Alright, alright, alright. A new age has begun. An age of freedom. This is Sparta! Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? You had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. This is the chopper! This is going to be quite a ride. <laughs> And hello, everybody, and welcome to the Movie Pit Podcast. I am your host, Christian. Of course, this is the podcast where we talk about all of the latest breaking movie news items that came out throughout the week. We also talk about the movie trailers that came out this week, and we talk about the movies that are out in theaters this weekend for all your viewing pleasures. Uh, This week's podcast, we have a review of Bad Boys for Life, which we'll have at the end of the podcast, spoiler-free, in case you're you know, want to go in clean as everyone should. Uh, we also talk about the Oscar nominations that came out this week. Uh, we also talk about the movie trailers that came out this week, like Morbius, which made a, a big wave uh, online when it came out, and uh, a few other stuff, obviously. So let's just get right to it. We are going to talk about one movie news item that came out after the podcast went up last week, which is the Uncharted movie, the long gesturing and delayed video game adaptation of Uncharted, is eyeing their seventh, yes, seventh director, uh, and that is Ruben Flesher, who directed Zombieland and Zombieland 2 Double Tap. He also directed Venom. Uh, Deadline reported that Flesher is the front runner to direct the movie, so he hasn't, he hasn't officially signed on, but he still would be the seventh director that this movie has been trying to get. Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg are set to star in the movie. Of course, the movie will follow a young Nathan Drake, who is a treasure hunter, for those of you who don't play the video games. Uh, he also is mentored by Sully, who will be played by Mark Wahlberg in the movie. And in case you're wondering who those directors were before they ended up with Ruben Flesher, uh, David Russell was attached for a while. Of course, David Russell, which we'll talk about a little bit later on the podcast. Uh, Three Kings, Iyad Huckabee's The Fighter, Silver Linings Playbook, uh, American Hustle, and Joy. That was his last movie he directed. Seth Gordon, who directed the Horrible Bosses movie. Uh, he directed Identity Thief and Baywatch. Neil Berger, who directed Limitless, uh, that's the one with Bradley Cooper, where he took that magic pill that made him really smart and everything, uh, Divergent and The Upside, which was the last movie he directed, Sean Levy, who uh, directed the United Museum movies, Real Steel, uh, his upcoming movie Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds, uh, he's also responsible for the Stranger Things Netflix series, and Dan Trattenberg was also attached, uh, he directed 10 Cloverfield Lane, and lastly, Travis Knight, who was the last director attached. Uh, dropped out at the end of the year last year. He, of course, directed Kubo and the Two Strings and Bumblebee. Uh, so I honestly would have taken Travis Knight. I think he probably would have been a really cool choice. Dan Tranberg also would have been really good. Shaw Levy, uh, known for those, you know, big bombastic adventure movies as well. Uh, Neil Berger, I don't know. He probably, I don't know if he would have been a good choice. Seth, uh, Seth Gordon, almost Seth, Seth Rogen. Uh, Seth Gordon. I guess, maybe, sort of, and David Russell honestly was a surprising choice, because I, I didn't think he'd be attached, but I think it was more the connection with Mark Wahlberg than anything uh, that he had going on, but there you go, seventh director, let's hope this one sticks, if not, I don't know what the hell's gonna happen with with uh, with Uncharted, but there you go. Alright, so that's it, that, that was the only news item that came out last week after the podcast went up, let's go straight to trailer talk. Coming soon to theaters. 
So we, uh, there's a few quick trailers that I want to talk about. There was a new Black Widow trailer, which usually I would be all over. Uh, it's a very short trailer. It's more visual, so that's why I'm not going to really go, go into it too much. Uh, it does show off some new footage. More importantly, it shows off Tacma- uh, Taskmaster, who is a big villain in the comics. Um, and a lot of people were you know, really hoping to see him in action. In the first trailer, you get the, he's the one with the bow and arrow that we see. Uh, but there's a lot more action of him in this one. It sounds, just from looking at it, it sounds like what was shown at Comic-Con, at least action-wise for him. So it's really, really cool. I'm really excited to see uh, them bringing uh, Taskmaster to the big screen because he is a really, really cool character um, in the comics. And uh, it should be interesting to see him, uh, what they do with him uh, here in Black Widow. Hopefully they... You know, keep him alive, and maybe he'll show up in future Marvel movies. Who knows? Uh, but the next quick trailer we're going to talk about is Guns Akimbo. Uh, this one we briefly talked about last week. Best uh, The movies of 2019, my anticipated movies of 2019, is this one. Just from the sounds of everyone at the film festivals, everyone's been saying this movie is absolutely crazy. Uh, it stars Daniel Radcliffe as a video game developer who, after antagonizing an illegal, an illegal death uh, match fight club uh, online called Schism, uh, which they stream for the public, because of course that's the world we live in now, uh, finds himself sucked into the game. And Miles ends up with guns bolted to his hands, aka guns akimbo, for those of you non-video game players, uh, is on the run from Schism's best player, Nyx, played by the always reliable and awesome Samara Weaving, who looks like she has no eyebrows and is just this weird, like, gothic, goth character. Uh, It looks absolutely insane. And uh, this one was another one I'd be all over, but it's more visual than anything. So definitely check out uh, the trailer for Guns Akimbo. And Guns Akimbo comes out, by the way, in February, at the end of February. So we'll definitely be talking more about uh, that once we get closer to it. But the main trailers this week is only two. There was also a new Bloodshot trailer. Uh, it's an international trailer if you want to go see that. That's down below. Uh, in the co- I'll link that as well. But the main trailer we're going to talk about, the first one, is for the movie The Lovebirds, which is directed by the big sick director, Michael Showalter. Uh, the Lovebirds stars Kumal Nanjiani and Essa Ray as a couple who get drawn into a criminal conspiracy, and the only way to clear their names is to solve the mystery themselves. You are unbelievable. <laughs> Looks like love is finally found. Do you suggest we actually go out there and solve a murder? It's locked. 
Did you think it was one of those men only doors? All we need is a name, and then we're in the clear. Hey man, it's been a minute. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Who do you work for? You little bitch. You little beanbag ballist bitch. Yeah. If you think about your grandma and that furry beanbag bitch. What? These people are super dangerous and they're really powerful. Stop! This is some handmade tail bullshit. We have imposters. Oh no, imposters. That sucks. Everyone, unmask yourself. Oh shit. Nobody else took their masks off. to give you lovebirds a choice. What's behind this door or bacon grease to the face? I don't want grease on my face. Is it gonna shit on me? The movie co-stars Paul Sparks and Anna Campen opens on April 3rd. Uh, I saw this trailer, surprisingly, it was in front of Underwater. I don't know why, sometimes they do that. You know, they put a trailer up on theaters first, and they release it online. So, um, this actually just dropped online this week, but I saw it, in, I don't know, maybe there was a mistake by the theater, or, I don't know. Anyway. The trailer is out. It looks really funny. Uh, I didn't know anything really about the mo about this movie. Uh, I like the reunion of Kumail Nanjiani and his big sick director, uh, Showwater. Uh, they obviously did a very fine job with that. A great job with that, I should say. So it's really cool to see them back together in this, but doing something more different. So this looks like a straight up comedy, um, and it kind of starts off that way. It's, it's kind of it go. When I saw, it, I was like, okay, this is gonna end the. the the couple's gonna end up really, really bad. Like something's gonna happen, and they're gonna break up, and it's this whole thing about them getting back together. But no, it's not that. Uh, it's something completely different. And I really, really enjoyed the trailer when I watched it. I laughed a lot when I saw the trailer. So I'm really hoping that uh, that the whole movie's like that. So that's the Lovebirds. But the main trailer, and the only, tra the main last main trailer we're gonna talk about is of course Morbius. Uh, it's the teaser trailer for Sony Pictures' Morbius that stars Jared Leto as the titular character. The movie is based on the Spider-Man villain Dr. Michael Morbius, a biochemist searching for a cure to his rare blood disease who accidentally turns himself into a vampire. Michael, I've known you since you were a child. Please. You have a gift. You always have. There's an answer to the disease. You'll find it. I should have died years ago. Why am I still here if not to fix this? I have a rare blood disease. And I'm running out of time. This could be my last chance. You're up to something, what is it? That's not exactly legal. I don't want to see you get hurt more than you already have. This would be a cure. At what cost?
feeling more alive than ever. Increased strength and speed. The ability to use echolocation. And an overpowering urge to consume blood. allowed to go to fix something that's broken until the remedy <laughs> is worse than the disease Michael Morbius Got tired of doing the whole good guy thing, huh? What's up, Doc? The movie co-stars Andre Ajara. I think I pronounced your last name. Uh, Matt Smith, Tyrese, and Jared Harris. Uh, Harris will, looks like he's playing a mentor to uh, Leto's Morbius character. Uh, Andrana is playing Morbius' fiance, at least from the reports that we've been getting. Tyrese looks to be playing some sort of cop. But if you look at the trailer, it's, it's a really quick shot, but if you look at the trailer, it looks like he has some mechanism on his arm. So I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, Smith is reportedly playing the villain who shares the same rare blood disease as michael morbius but uh we don't really see him in the trailer at all he's 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 got one shot in the trailer and it's him walking and it looks like a subway maybe now before uh anyone had seen the trailer or before if you haven't seen the trailer i should say and you're asking yes and this is the big thing that you know set the trailer above everyone else uh, or set 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 the tra- set everyone off about the trailer online. I don't know why that that was so hard to say. Uh, it does look like it is set in the same universe as the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. The, there's one shot of a Spider-Man mural that has murder uh, over it. Uh, when Morbius is walking in an alley, it looks like he's wearing a prison jumpsuit. So the, it does look like at one point there is going to be maybe some sort of prison riot because. He gets out of prison, and then there's something at the very end of the trailer that connects the two movies, connects the Spider-Man movies and the MCU together, or the Sony Spider-Man movies, I should say, and the MCU together, and that is that Michael Keaton pops up at the very end of the trailer. Uh, we're assume, pretty much assuming that he is playing uh, his character from Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, uh, I forgot his name. Adrian Toomes, uh, Vulture. Uh, I forgot. His, I was trying to. I was thinking. I was thinking Vulture, but I wanted to give his real name. Um, but yeah, that that surprised everyone. So of course, there's no official comment by anyone at Sony or Marvel saying, or at least I didn't see anything um, that the two movies are connected. That Morbius could maybe pop up in the in the MCU. Uh, but there is, you know, that theory that maybe the Sony. Spider-Man movies will be their own thing. They will have people connected to the MCU, but they'll be still within their little same universe. So basically, no crossover. The only crossover from the Sony Spider-Man movies into the MCU will be Tom Holland himself. We won't see, you know, Morbius pop up over there. We won't maybe see Tom Hardy if he they decide to attach Venom. I won't. I will not be surprised if maybe Venom has some sort of secret cameo of Morbius pops up. Uh, in a Venom movie, which I will be very, I will sit in the theater and just you know, run my run my hand through my hair like why why are we doing this? Uh, so everyone is assuming, and I assume this as well, that 
that's going to be Michael Keaton's only scene in Morbius. That is the only scene he will have. It will probably be near the end. Maybe it will be a post credit sequence. But I highly doubt that Michael Keaton is in this movie more than what we see him in the trailer. That is going to be his only scene in the movie. And it's there just to get people into the movie theater and to get people online all riled up like we like we have been. Uh, saying, you know, is this movie connected to the MCU at all? But we'll find out. Uh, Morbius comes out July 31st, so it, it's it's a bit of a wait, but we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe Sony and or Marvel will comment on what's going on. But there you go, Morbius. Uh, Trailer wise itself, I don't I don't know. It just it it didn't. It wasn't. It was okay. It was an okay trailer. I'm not gonna you know jump on the hate bandwagon. It was an okay trailer. Um, I like the whole. I, I've, now I can't remember the song, but it's a very recognizable song and tune that they use in the trailer. I thought that was very interesting. Um, Jared, let, you know, it's a teaser. It's considered a teaser trailer, even though it is a trailer length trailer. Um, you know, Jared Leto's Morbius is you know explaining to the audience people who may not be familiar with the Morbius character um, outside of you know the animated show. Uh, you know, he has uh, he runs down his things. You know, he was on the verge of dying and. You know, there's that, there's, there's the comic book shot, you know, it's a guy that's like, you know, oh, he's all frail, and then he says, I feel much better, and it's just him all ripped up. You know, it's, it's just him ripped, without a shirt on. Um, and he talks about how he has echolocation, and there's a little neat shot, I don't, maybe the visual effects maybe aren't completely done with that, but there's, he has, like, echolocation. Uh, there's this weird thing, I don't know what they're trying to do, if it makes him stand out, then great, but it's this weird shot of... Uh, it happens twice. It's like he's catching a ball, and then, like, it's like this weird, like, shadow over everything. And it happens again in the trailer where he's, like, jumping on someone. Um, it was, it was really weird. It threw me off a little bit. I don't know what's going on. And it's the only time that it happens. We don't see it, uh, in the trailer. Just, and we just see it those two times. So, I don't know if it's going to do it throughout the whole movie, or maybe it's, like, a special, like, Morbius vision thing. I don't know what's going on, but... Uh, it just it threw me off a little bit when I saw it for the first time. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Again, if it sets them apart, then awesome, great. You know, I, I'm I'm always for putting things and making things for the character or for a movie or whatever, especially a comic book movie because you know you know how people get. Uh, if it sets it apart from other comic book movies or other movies itself, and I think that's I think that'd be pretty cool. But I don't I don't know. Just from the trailer itself, it's okay. It's an okay trailer. Um, the Michael Keaton thing threw me off, but you know it threw everyone off. So. There you go. Uh, so those are all the trailers, uh, at least at the time of this recording. I'm recording this a little later than I usually am. But there you go. Those are all the trailers. If anything else drops, I'll put it down in the description slash show notes area where all the trailers are linked. It's not a trailer, but there is something down there that's linked. It is a short film by the Safley Brothers and Adam Sandler. They just did Uncut Gems uh, together. They released a short film online called uh, Goldman vs. Silverman or Goldman v. Silverman. Uh, everyone thinks that this, they probably shot this when they were shooting on Cunt Gems. They probably did, because I think it's set in New York City, so it's interesting. We'll, we'll put, I'll put it that way, it's interesting. I'll put that link down there so you guys can go watch that if you want to get your, uh, Safley Brothers Adam Sandler fix on after you've watched Uncut Gems. If you haven't watched Uncut Gems, uh, I highly recommend you do. It's very interesting. It, it is, it is one of Adam Sandler's best work. 
uh, I will say. So, all right, let's get to this week's movie news items, and we're going to start off with some quick fire. First quick fire movie news item is that Billie Eilish, the 18-year-old hit singer, maybe we've heard her some of her songs on the radio, has been chosen to sing the theme song for the new James Bond film, No Time to Die. Eilish will be the youngest artist in history to write and perform a Bond song. She will sing and co-write the song with her brother. Uh, Eilish, uh, Eilish, I should say, is a change of pace for the theme song uh, singers, especially in this uh, Daniel Craig era, tenure, if you want to uh, call it that. Uh, the songs, of course, have been sung by Sam Smith, who did Spectre, which I wasn't a huge fan of that one. Uh, Adele with Skyfall, which I actually, I think that's probably one of my favorite ones of the Daniel Craig era. Uh, Jack White and Alicia Keys did the theme song for Quantum of Solace, which some people didn't really enjoy. I haven't heard it in a while, so I can't really make a judgment. Uh, but from what I can recall, it was it was an okay song. It wasn't. It was fine. It was fine. Uh, and of course, Chris Cornell did the Casino Royale theme, which um, I really enjoy. I still it pops up every now and again uh, on my phone on shuffle, and uh, I still quite enjoy it. But I would say that Adele probably has the the best song of of all of them. But there you go, Billy Eilish singing the theme song for No Time to Die. Uh, the next quick fire movie news item is the new Candyman film, produced by Jordan Peele and directed by Nia Da Costa is reportedly bringing back a character from the first movie. The movie will reportedly not be a remake, but a sequel to the first film, or at least a spiritual sequel to the first film. But no official word yet if Tony Todd will reprise his role as the infamous Candyman. He will have a role to play in the movie, but there's no word if he's playing Candyman or he's playing some other character. Uh, so who's the character? Besides Tony Todd, uh, the character... Because Tony Todd's not a character, obviously. Uh, the character is none other than the main character from the first movie herself, Helene Lyle. Now, or Helen Lyle, I should say. Uh, Helen Lyle was played by Virginia Madsen in the first movie, but there's no word yet on if Madsen will return to play the character or if they'll recast the character. But uh, the news comes from Bloody Disgusting, uh, which is a big horror movie news uh, website, and they have been pretty reliable on anything, especially on these scoops that they get every now and then. So I trust Bloody Disgusting when they say that the character of Helen Lyle will return in the new Candyman movie. So, uh, Candyman will star Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, uh, Tanaya Paris, and Coleman Domingo, and that opens on June 12th. Uh, they've been filming here in the Chicagoland area, which is really cool. I think I saw them film something uh, on the street, because uh, I'm pretty sure it was Candyman, although it's kind of hard to tell since they film all the Chicago shows here um, as well on the uh, on NBC. So uh, I saw them film something, which was pretty big. So I think that, but I'm pretty sure that was Candyman. But uh, there you go, Candyman opening June. 12th, like I just mentioned. And the final quick fire movie news item is that David O. Russell and Christian Bale are set to reunite after they did The Fighter and American Hustle. Uh, they are looking to reunite on a new film that has the working title of Amsterdam, which will follow an unlikely partnership between a doctor and a lawyer, and it is expected to get fast-tracked, and by that I mean they want to start filming in April, which will allow time for Bale to do this, and just in time for him to, if he does officially sign on, to do Thor Love and Thunder. Reports say that O. Russell is, in, in no surprise, looking to get an all-star cast, an ensemble, if uh, you want to use that word. Names like Jamie Foxx, Angelia Jolie, and Margot Robbie are being looked at. Other than that, there's no word yet on uh, anything else. 
and no other plot details, but the reu- the reunion of David Russell and Christian Bale sounds pretty good. I mean, they did a really good job with the fighter in American Hustle, so why not? Alright, so those are your quick fire movie news items. Let's move on to this week's main movie news items. The first one is that Taika, Wa- Taika Watiti is being eyed to, I don't know why I said his name word, uh, Taika Watiti is being eyed to direct the new Star Wars movie once he finishes up Thor Love and Thunder. The report comes from The Hollywood Reporter, which broke, broke the movie news item, uh, saying that it is still in the early stages and negotiations have yet to begin, but Watiti has been approached, and the question will be uh, whether the movie is a big screen adaptation, or not actually say adaptation, but a big screen movie, or a Disney Plus movie, so uh, to wait and see on that. Watiti is currently, of course, in the awards race for Jojo Rabbit, and currently, uh, or not currently, recently. I should say, uh, is what happens when you don't proofread your outline. Uh, <laughs> recently wrapped his next film, which is a sports comedy uh, called Next Goal Wins, which is based off a true story of uh, of a rugby team. Uh, I believe it's the New Zealand rugby team. Uh, and it is still attached to the live-action remake of Akira, which, before this broke out, was supposed to be the movie that he was going to do first after Thor Love and Thunder. So we'll have to see how that kind of works out. Uh, Akira kind of keeps getting pushed to the back burner, so we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, Watiti does have a Star Wars connection, of course. He did some work on the Disney Plus series The Mandalorian, so he has a connection there. And why not add Watiti to the Star Wars uh, directorial uh, effort? Because, I mean... Watiti is a great director. I mean, why not? If you're going to get a big name like Watiti, go for it. And you can get a big name like him, go for it. So, there you go. Alright, uh, let's move on to the next movie news item. Everything has kind of had a nice little flow, segues, and let's keep it going. Uh, so, with this. It's Star Wars, It's another Star Wars related movie news item, which I'm sure a lot of fans have probably already seen. Uh, so, it's not rare. But I'm just going to start off with this, saying this. It's not rare. It's not rare that an unused script... Uh, leaks online. It is rare, though, when it happens to be for a massive blockbuster like Star Wars. Uh, that is what happened this week as the unused script for Colin Trevorrow's unproduced Star Wars Episode Nine leaked online. And it was noticeably different from what we got with J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio's Rise of Skywalker. So this is mostly for the people who did not see that. So mainly, the movie was going to be called Star Wars The Duel of Fates, or Duel of Fates, which is kind of, not officially, but that is probably what Charles wanted to call it. It had a different opening, Crawl, and the story arcs for our new main characters of Rey, Kylo, Poe, Finn, and yes, even Rose, uh, were very different. Because Trevorrow's Star Wars uh, movie would have been a direct sequel to The Last Jedi, as the movie would have started off with a mission with Finn, Rose, and BB-8 stealing a Star Destroyer to try and open up communications between planets since they were cut off at the end of The Last Jedi. Finn would have seen a stormtrooper without his helmet that he recognized, and Finn and Rose, who would have been front and center of all the action once again for all you Rose haters out there, uh, instead of what she did in the Rise of Skywalker, which was nothing, uh, would have, been, would have uh, set off a beacon at the old, at an old Jedi temple to make a call to the galaxy to go to war. In the process, Rose would have been kidnapped and interrogated by Hux, and Finn would have led an uprising of defective or defecting Sky, uh, stormtroopers, I should say. I almost said Skywalkers. Uh, stormtroopers, which kind of sort of happened at the end of Rise and Skywalker. Uh, plus, at the end, Finn and Rose would have led a group of Force-sensitive youths, which 
we saw in The Last Jedi to a remote planet where Rey is ready to train them, including Broom Boy. You remember Broom Boy, right? You know, the, the, the ending to The Last Jedi that, you know, would have been like, oh, that's, that, that's a cool new way to go to the star, into the Star Wars universe. No? Oh, we're not going to do that? No. Okay. Um, so, as for Rey, she and Poe would have teamed up uh, to go do their own thing to, you know, start stop the war from happening. Um, or to finish the war from happening, I should say. Or finish the war. Not from, finish the war. What's, what's wrong with me today? What's, what is wrong with me today? Anyway, uh, Ray's parents actually would have been nobody. Uh, so she would have not been, spoiler alert for those of you who have not seen Rise of Skywalker, she would have not been a Palpatine. And it was Kylo who killed her parents under orders, uh, which leads to the epic fight between uh, Kylo and Rey, which would have involved Force ghosts, and yeah, uh, and there would have been no redemption arc for Kylo. Kylo actually would have been off and is doing his own thing. He would have been on Mustafar, which is the uh, lava planet where Darth Vader usually lives or does his own, you know, brooding stuff, uh, where he's haunted by Force Ghost Luke and fights a hallucination of Darth Vader. Uh, so there, again, no redemption arc for Kylo. He would have been full on bad guy. Uh, so there you go. That's the quick overall thing. Obviously, again, if you want to go read the whole script yourself, you can go do that. Uh, the script was dated uh, with the year 2016, uh, which is when Trevorrow was still attached. And, of course, it was still in the very early proce- process of it. Uh, this is when they were you know, doing those movies back-to-back with The Last Jedi and everything like that. So, uh, changes would have undoubtedly been made, but nothing too drastic, but maybe nothing too drastic like what we got with The Rise of Skywalker, but uh, reading this and seeing The Rise of Skywalker, these are completely different movies. Even if this is like this first draft of the script, it is a com- the, where they got from that to where we got with the, the uh, with the, the Rise of Skywalker is vastly different. And um, I know a lot of people are kind of preferring kind of sort of preferring this one uh of course jj has admitted to things that were changed uh from his own script with chris terrio uh so i don't know how you feel about that i am not a last jedi hater i've mentioned this on the podcast before i didn't mind the last jedi i actually kind of enjoyed it i can see where people would find problems with it but i appreciated ryan johnson trying to do something different in the star wars uh, in the Star Wars uh, universe that we got going on. And The Rise of Skywalker itself is a fine movie. It's not overly awesome. I thought it was a fine movie. I didn't hate it. It takes a lot for me to hate a movie. And anyone who knows me personally knows I watch a lot of movies. So if I hate a movie, it's got to be really, really bad. Uh, but I did not dislike uh, The Rise of Skywalker. It was, it was fine. It was a fine movie. Moving on to the next movie news item, Oscar nominations. Let's let's get this one over with because it's a long list. Uh, I'm not going to read everything. I'm not going to read all the nominees. Uh, I'll, we'll do an, a special Oscar prediction show uh, before the actual Oscars themselves, which is like in a few weeks. So uh, be ready for that. But the Oscar nominations came out this week, uh, and as always, there are things to be said about the Oscar nominations. Uh, Joker ended up with the most nominations with 11, with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, and 19. 19- 1917 earning 10 nominations and Little Women and Parasite scoring 6 nominations. So those are the movies with the most nominations that we have. Uh, Best Picture the nominees 
are Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Joker, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917, and Parasite. And yes, I have seen all of those movies. Uh, Best Director, we have Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Sam Mendes for 1917, Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, and Todd Phillips for Joker. Notice that they are all men again this year. That was a big thing of all the controversy, which... I kind of agree with. Uh, best Actor, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Antonio Panderas for Plain, uh, Pain and Glory, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Best Actress, Renee Zellwerker for Judy, Scarlett Johansson with Marriage Story, Cynthia Arrivo for Harriet, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Saoirse Ronan for Little Women. Best Supporting Actor are Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Joe Pesci for The Irishman, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, Al Pacino for The Irishman, and Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Best Supporting Actress, we have Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Margot Robbie for Bombshell, Florence Pugh for Little Women, and Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell. Best Original Screenplay, uh, we have Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Noah Baumbach, I think that's how I pronounce his name, uh, for Marriage Story, Bong Joon-ho for Parasites, Ryan Johnson for Knives Out, and Sam Mendes and Crystal Wilson, Wilson Kane. Uh, Cars, I can't pronounce her last name, uh, for 1917. Uh, I'm just going to move forward. Uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, Steve Zalian for The Irishman, Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit. Yes, Jojo Rabbit was based off a book, uh, and so was The Irishman. Uh, Anthony uh, McCartan for The Two Popes, Greta Gerwig for Little Women, and Tom Phillips and Scott Silver for Joker. Best Cinematography, uh, we have Robert Richardson for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Rodrigo Petro, I think that's how you pronounce his name, uh, for The Irishman, Lawrence Shear for Joker, uh, this is one I'm going to mispronounce, uh, Jaren, nope, not going to, no, no, I'm going to mess that up completely, uh, Jaren uh, Blaschke, sure, why not, uh, for The Lighthouse, and of course, Roger Deakins for 1917, uh, Parasite was nominated for Best International Film, although there's probably going to be a lot of people who haven't seen a lot of those movies. Uh, like I mentioned, I'm going to run down all the movie, all the nominations for um, uh, when we get closer to um, the Oscars themselves. Uh, best Animated Feature, I guess I'll do one more. Uh, I Lost My Body, Missing Link, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, Klaus, and Toy Story 4. Alright, so those, those that's it. Though, though, uh, again, we'll read down all the Oscars, when, uh, Oscar nominations when we get close to the close to the show. Uh, I'm gonna do some little tidbits here, which I'll probably end up repeating when we do the show. Uh, of course, some snubs. Everyone thought that Jennifer Lopez would have been nominated for Hustlers. Uh, Adam Sandler probably would have been also been nominated for Uncut Gems, and the movie itself as a whole was not uh, was not nominated at all. Frozen Two was not nominated for Best Animated Feature, even though it did cross the billion dollar mark. Although that really shouldn't really shouldn't matter. Uh, Apollo Eleven was snubbed for Best Documentary Feature. Eddie Murphy for Dolomite is my name, and of course any female director or any real person of color because it is once again Oscar so white uh, and again no female directors which the Academy released a statement which probably shouldn't have and they gave actual statistics which again they probably shouldn't have they said quote a record 62 women were nominated representing almost one third of this year's nominees why would you do that why would you release that statement why 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 uh, some other uh, noteworthy tidbits. Joker is only the second comic book movie to be nominated for Best Picture, joining Black Panther, which was nominated, what was it, two years ago? I, I forget what it is. Uh, Martin Scorsese is now the second most nominated director with nine. 
So good for him. John Williams broke his own record being nominated for uh, 50, uh, breaking his own record of 52 nominations. This is 53rd. Of course, he is nominated for uh, Best Original Score for Star Wars. Parasite is the first South Korean movie to earn both a Best Picture and Best International Film nomination. And In the Absence is the first South Korean movie to be nominated in the Best Documentary Short. So good for North Korea for that. Netflix has a total of 24 nominations, the most of any entertainment company. Uh, Ronin is now, Sasha Ronin being Ronin, uh, Sasha Ronin is now the second youngest nominee with four, uh, four second youngest four-time nominee, uh, I should say. At 25, Jennifer Lawrence is the youngest. Tom Hanks has been nominated for the first time in nearly 20 years. His last nomination was in 2001 for Castaway. Just let that sink in. Yeah. Uh, Scarlett Johansson has never been nominated before uh, before this year's Oscars, and she has earned two nominations, uh, joining a very elite club to be nominated for two different nom- uh, two different categories in the same year. So, good for her. Uh, what have we got here? Uh, oh, those are all the names. I'll do that when we get closer to the show. Okay, that's it. Those are your t- uh, those are your little noteworthy tidbits there. Uh, so, like I mentioned, we'll do a whole nomination picks. Uh, thing once we get closer to the actual award show and I'll read off all the nominees at that point so if you want to go check out all the nominees obviously uh, go do that uh, so yeah I'm gonna try to do something fun for uh, for everyone that listens uh, nomination wise so we'll, we'll, we'll do that uh, and finally the last movie news item we're gonna talk about this week is uh, the death of a uh, studio pretty much uh, now that the buyout is officially done, it's actually been done for a while, but it's officially, officially now, Disney has reband, uh, rebranded Fox by basically removing the Fox name to 20th Century Fox and Fox Searchlight. The report comes from Variety, which broke, uh, which reports and broke the news that the studio will now be known as 20th Century Studios and Searchlight Pictures. So, they basically just removed Fox from the name. The outlet says that the logos, quotes, won't be uh, dramatically altered, just updated. So, the sound that we usually hear, the very well-known theme and sound before Fox movie, will probably still be there, except you won't see Fox there, you'll just see 20th Century Studios. Uh, So... There you go. Uh, there's no word yet on what they'll do on the TV side of things, but for the movie things, it's going to be happening very, very soon. Uh, changes will be seen with the movie The Call of the Wild, which is the first real big Fox, or former Fox movie, that's going to come out this year. Uh, and the comedy drama Downhill will be the next movie for uh, Fox Searchlight, which, of course, now will be known as Searchlight Pictures. Uh, this, this is kind of a big deal. And, you know, it's... 20th Century Fox has been around for a long time. It was around since the early 30s, uh, 1930s, after a merger between uh, 20th Century Pictures and Fox Film Corporation. And then, of course, many, many years later, they made Fox Searchlight and Fox 2000. It was reported, uh, when it was reported, um, that Disney was going to buy out, you know, Fox, uh, they were going to push the more kind of adult movies to to the studio to to Fox um, and like they did back in the day with Touchstone Pictures and Miramax. So if you go watch all if you go back and you watch a bunch of old movies, uh, if you, anything that with a anything with the logo Touchstone Pictures or Miramax was basically Disney being like, hey, we don't want to make these movies. They're more adult movies, so why don't you go you know make these movies for us? So that's what they're gonna do with you know 
20th Century Pictures now, uh, and Searchlight Pictures as well. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see that Fox has been responsible for a lot of film franchises like Avatar, Titanic, Home Alone, Die Hard, Alien, Planet of the Apes, uh, the X-Men franchise, um, Star Wars A New Hope. So, you know, they have been responsible for a lot a lot of movies, and so, and so much more. They've been responsible for a lot of movies, a lot of big movies, and to see them, you know, kind of go away, it's a big deal. And this is the thing that everyone was worried about, that some people were worried about. Of course, everyone was like, no, no, we, we, we need Fantastic Four and the X-Men in the, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's all we cared about. And it's, it's a big deal because this, this, is a, this is a movie studio. This is a movie studio that has done a lot for the film community, that has done a lot for movies in general and for careers and stuff like that. Just put your uh, feelings aside from when you think of Fox, you think of, you know, obviously Fox News and stuff like that. But it's just, it's really weird to kind of see, it's going to be weird to see that. It's going to be weird sitting in a movie theater knowing, hey, this was a Fox movie and seeing, not seeing Fox on the big screen anymore. Now we're gonna see, you know, twentieth century, twentieth century studios, or you know, uh, Searchlight Pictures or stuff like that. So it's gonna be really weird to to see that, and it's kind of a shame. It's a big shame, not kind of a shame. It is a shame to see that happen. It's a shame for that to happen, but you know, it's it's the way it's the way of the land. It's the way of Hollywood. Well, Hollywood is, you know, there's no the the reasoning they give the expression to Hollywood. It's the Wild West out there is because it can happen to anyone, and Disney is now just this giant monster uh, of buying stuff up. Um, so it's it's really I know people won't care about this, but it's a big deal. It really is. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. Uh, so let's get to this. Let's just move on to this week's movie releases. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so we got two big releases coming out this week. The first one is Doolittle. Dr. June Little, played by Robert Dunyan Jr., lives in solitude behind high walls of his lush manor in 19th century England. His only companionship comes from his array of exotic animals that speaks on to, speaks to him on a daily basis. But when young Queen Victoria, played by Jessie Buckley, becomes gravely ill, the doctor and his furry friends embark on an epic adventure to a mythical island to find the cure. The voice cast includes Tom Holland, Rami Malek, Selena Gomez, Camille Nanjiani, John Cena, Ray Fiennes, Octavia Spencer, uh, Marin Cotillard, Emma Thompson, and the human cast is filled out by Michael Sheen and Antonio Banderas. This movie has been getting nothing but bad reviews. A lot of people uh, have not been liking it so far. Uh, I don't honestly know if I'm going to go watch it. The trailer's really bad. There was a lot of production problems. At one point, new directors were bought in to help out with reshoots that were done. Uh, the director, uh, Stephen Gagan, who is not known for movies like this, uh, he directed Syriana, of all movies. Uh, he was apparently not the best director on set uh, from leaked reports, who uh, leaked reports that uh, may or may not have been true, but it has been known that this movie has had a lot of epic trouble and could be the first really big-budget bomb of the year, and it's only January. Uh, so there is that. 
so the next wide release and the, the only neck the only real wide release following this is bad boys for life marcus and mike are back for a new brand new adventure of the bad boys uh let's start at this point now trilogy uh so it's i saw last night and um well, first of all, before I get to that, Will Smith, of course, returns as Mike Lowry. Uh, Martin Lawrence comes back as Marcus. Vanessa Hudgens is in there. Alexandra Ludwig, Charles Melton, uh, Paola Nunez. I don't know why her last name is so hard for me to say. Uh, Jacob Scapiro and Kate De Castillo. Uh, also, Joel Pantilano is also back in there. Uh, I saw last night, and I actually just, this news just popped up in my little news feeder over here. Uh, Bad Boys uh, 4 is already in the works, which is not surprising. Because I saw the movie last night again, and uh, well, again being that I saw it, I mentioned it like five times now. Uh, but I saw it last night, and when I go see new movies on Thursday, on Thursday nights at the theater I go to, it's not usually packed. There's probably like a like a scatter full of people in there. There's at most probably like maybe eight to ten people in there. My theater last night for Bad Boys for Life was packed. It was the first, I've never seen a movie packed before at that theater for a Thursday night showing of a new movie ever, <laughs> especially a movie in January of all of all places. But um, but yeah, uh, Bad Boys for uh, Bad Boys Four it, over, it, a sequel is already in the works over at uh, over at Sony. So there is that. Also, the writer for Bad Boys for Life is apparently working on the script for National Treasure Three now. So that movie may be happening now. <laughs> Ah, it's just it's like I mentioned, Hollywood is the wild, wild west. But uh, not the not the movie with Will Smith, not not that one, because we don't talk about that anymore. I'm sorry about that. Up, uh, but anyway, Bad Boys for Life. Um, saw it last night. Uh, I'll give my thoughts right here. Lost your damn mind. <laughs> Even the Batmobile don't hold the road like this, bitch. Tight pants and fast cars don't make you Batman, Mike. Right? Uh, boss, boss, boss. <laughs> Get me the fuck out of this car. Mike, we got more time behind us than in front. Man, please. I'm going to be running down criminals till I'm 100. Not me. I'm retiring. What happened to Bad Boys for Life? It's time we be good men. It's Bad Boys for Life. Who the fuck? fuck wants to sing that song? Mike, I'm putting you on a new team. You're working with Ammo now. Cap, Ammo is a high school musical boy band with guns. You look great, Grandpa. So you're that guy. There's always one. Right up till there's not. That's what I like, teamwork. I'm the definition of half man, half drugs. Half the drugs, bad boy, that's the drugs. Marcus, somebody's trying to kill me. Who wants to kill you? I don't trust a person that don't want to kill him. Hell, put my name up there. Thanks a lot. We got it, Marcus. We appreciate it. But family is the only thing that matters. So I'm not letting you go on a suicide mission alone. One last time. One last time. Uh, I really liked it. It was good. I'm not gonna lie. I really liked it. It was. It was. It was really good. It was a nice. It was nice being back in this little, like, mini little world for bad boys. And it was nice being back with Marcus and Mike. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence has not lost a step. They are tremendous together. There is a reason why these two 
are awesome together. There's a reason why everyone really loves the Bad Boys movies, and it is because of them, and this is no different. Anytime they're on screen, anytime they're making fun of each other, or just being brothers is awesome. And this movie, it is surprisingly very touching, and it is surprisingly dramatic and emotional. Uh, They really nailed it. There's something that happens very early early on in the movie. You're like, well, obviously that's not... Oh wow! Okay, they did that, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, I know how this is gonna turn out, but when it happens, you're like, holy shit! Like you still feel it, and it's it's because it's just the way it's done, the way they do it, and the way they try to pay it off for the end of the mo- for the rest of the movie, and the way they pay it off in the rest of the movie, I should say, is is great, and they handle it very very well. So kudos to them for doing that. Um, the new team of Ammo, Vanessa Hudgens, Alexandra Lugway, Charles Mountain, uh, Paula Nunez, who her character, by the way, is like a, a new character, a character, like a love interest for Mike that was in between Bad Boys 2 and, and this one. Uh, so they kind of play that up a little bit. Uh, it's fine. It's it's one of those things where you kind of look at it and you're like, well, okay. So this is and this is hard because Bad Boys for Life, it was going to make money. It was. But there was always that fear like, oh, I mean, it's not really that good. It's a sequel to a movie that took years to make and, and everything like that. You know, Martin Lawrence had come out and said, like, we're going to do another Bad Boys. And that was, like, in 2015 or 14 or something like that. And the movie, it's 2020 now and we're finally getting it out. So it's really weird. Uh, but before this even came out, you know, there was reports that they were going to film... Bad Boys 3 and Bad Boys 4 back to back. And then Sony was like, well, we're just going to do one. And then there were reports saying that maybe it's going to be kind of a passing of the torch kind of a movie, or at least a tease of passing of the torch, which if you watch Bad Boys for Life, there is a little bit of that with ammo and with, uh, with other stuff that happens in the movie. But it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to kind of see how they do the rest of this. And I know when they do that, when they kind of teased that a little bit in the movie, my whole theater, which is very weird, were like, huh. You can kind of hear it. It's, it was almost absolutely audible in the movie theater when that kind of happened. So it was interesting. Uh, but I really like Bad Boys. It's 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 crazy. It's, it's of course, not directed by Michael Bay, uh, which is good. I mean, I'm not going to say it was good, but it's it, the new directors for the movie... Um, which I'm going to butcher their names because I, I, you guys know me. Aldi L. Arby and Bali Afala, maybe. I don't know, probably butchering the names, but uh, they did a really good job. I mean, they did a really good job. It does feel like you're still in that world. So it's not something that's like overly different from the past Bad Boys movies. You still feel like it's it's them. You know you're in this, in this world that they have created. You know they're in this weird Miami that these characters are in. Um, the team, the young team of Ammo, they're, you know, they do fine. They do great. Vanessa Hudgens is Vanessa Hudgens. Um, she's not playing, like, you know, the preppy girl or anything like that that we've seen her in other stuff. She's playing someone who could probably kill you if you mess with her too bad. Uh, Alexandra Ludwig kind of plays against type. If you see, if you know who Alexandra Ludwig is, he's this big, you know, honking muscle guy, and he plays very much against type in this movie. Uh, Charles Melton, who... Uh, I think it was in the movie The Sun is also a star, something like that. Uh, he's in here. He's, he's fine. He kind of plays the... He does, he does not the comic relief, but he just kind of... He's that guy. You see the trailer, he's like, oh, you're that guy. And he is that guy. Um, 
But yeah, you have them in there. Uh, the villains in the movie are interesting. And that's the best word I will use to not give any spoilers away. It's an interesting thing that you know they do with the villains of the movie. It's it's something that I wasn't expecting. And I don't think anyone was expecting. And it's I don't want to say it's the weaker part of the movie because I, I I it may be maybe the weaker part of the movie, but only because it kind of just it kind of just it kind of happens. It's just one of those things that just happens. But I don't know. Maybe I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll find out. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how people other other people react to it. But I was like, eh, okay, I, I guess I'll, I guess I can kind of see it. But um, but the villain, yeah, the villains are there. What else can I say about the movie without giving too many spoilers? The action's great. The action's awesome. The action's really great. They don't. It's 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 the movie's. It's interesting because you know the action of bad boys movies has always been pretty good, and here it gets a very big upgrade. Obviously, I mean, there's nothing gonna you know there's nothing gonna top you know them running a Humvee uh, through a you know favela in in a foreign country. But uh, the action here is is pretty good. Uh, there's that you know very uh, well that's very promoted scene of them on uh, on a bike, uh, and that's probably the best action scene in the movie for me anyway. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but this movie, like I mentioned, it's very it's surprisingly very emotional. It's very dramatic. Some of my favorite scenes are them being just people, and there's a, a great scene very early on in the movie with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence where they're not even joking. They're being very serious with one another, and that was probably my favorite scene in the whole movie because it shows you just how much these characters have grown and how much these characters have um, evolved and how much they haven't evolved. So it's one of those, it's, it's, a, it's a very nice, and if, you, if you're a fan of the movies and you're a fan of the characters, that scene really gets to you. And it's very early on in the movie. It's great. There's some great callbacks. There's some great, um, yeah, some great callbacks, some great visual stuff as well. Uh, a character comes back that I didn't think would come back at all, uh, which got a real big laugh in the movie theater because everyone knew who the character was. So it was really cool. Uh, I can't say nothing but great things about Bad Boys for Life. It's 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 a fun movie. I don't know if it's the best Bad Boys movie. Uh, it's... I, I can't... I don't know. I probably had to watch it again to really get a good grasp of it, but... I think nothing tops that first movie. I think that first movie is really, really good. Uh, Action-wise, I think maybe... I think still Bad Boys may take it. Bad Boys 2 may take it. So, But this is a good... This it, It's it's funny. If you combine the goodness of Bad Boys 1, the action of Bad Boys 2, and the emotional, uh, dramatic, and personal moments of Bad Boys 3, you have a really good movie. Uh, you have a great movie. But um, this, this is still a pretty good movie. I, I, I would recommend this to you guys especially if you're an action fan, especially if you're a fan of the Bad Boys movies, this brings you back to that. It's not a movie, it's not a sequel, it's not a, it's not a nostalgia sequel. Although some of the shots, you know, that we kind of get, the iconic shots that we get of the Bad Boys movies are here in this one, and it's like, no, yeah, it's not like, oh, it's just nostalgia, whatever. No, it's it works. It's awesome. So, yeah, uh, I recommend it. I get I recommend it to you guys. It's 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 over two hours long. It felt a little longer. I was like, I, at one point, I was I was thinking like, where are we going? Why is this taking so? Why, why is this movie longer than I thought it was? It is. It was very much longer than I thought it was. But um, I'd recommend it to you guys. It's really great. So go check it out. All right, uh, and that's it, everybody. That is 
all I got for you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this week. Uh, I really appreciate it. You guys are great. You guys are awesome. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Go check out everything in the description slash show notes areas. The links to the trailers, that short film uh, by, the, by the Selfie Brothers and Adam Sandler. Trailers, uh, the personal Twitter account for everything, uh, Instagram, stuff like that. I'm using the Twitter page for the podcast more often, so go get a let go of there. That's it. Everything else, just, you know, the basic stuff, then the more the common stuff. So, wherever you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you're listening to this, thank you guys so much. Subscribe, like, comment, you know, all that good stuff. All, all the stuff that you guys know you guys gotta do. So, or wanna do, or should do. I don't wanna say should do, because that makes it sound like, you know, you're obligated to do it for me. You're not obligated to do anything for me. Although I would appreciate it. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, all right. That's it. That's all I got for you guys. Thank you guys so much. Uh, there will be one more podcast next week. I am going out of town at the end of January, so there will most likely not be a podcast at the very end of January, but I'll update you guys next week on that. But, uh, yeah, I will be doing a podcast next week. Probably no podcast the week after. But uh, I'll keep you updated on Twitter and my Instagram and stuff like that. So, yeah. All right. That's it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this week. As always, have a safe, fun weekend and week or whenever you listen to this. Be good people. Be safe. Make smart decisions. And as always, go watch some movies. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Give it up. Movies. <laughs>